Hello. Hi. Welcome. Welcome back. To the next episode of the Brio in the Box Closet Podcast. <laughs> Closet edition. <laughs> new new name. Um, today we're going to talk about marriage. Hot topic. Specifically. A lot of people doing it. Our marriage. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> so we like each other. We do. <laughs> we will start out by saying we are not marriage counselors. No. This is not advice on what you should do. No. This is more of a, we've been at this for a while. Yeah. We're very happy. We like each other. We're at a good place. So what have we learned along the way? In doing this podcast together, this is just super fun for us because yeah. I just love hanging out and chatting with you. It's all pretty much all we do with our time. Yeah. The benefit that we had not anticipated was sharing more of our dynamic with other people, with mm-hmm. our community. Somebody observed when we started the podcast, they're like, I've never seen you two talk to each other, which blew my mind at the time. It still clearly stuck with me because all we do is talk to each other. Yeah. But when we're in the gym together, usually you are there or I'm there. If we're ever there at the same time, one of us is doing a foundation. People never see us mm-hmm. interact with each other. We okay. never co-coach a class or anything. Like yeah. That. And always- so, yeah, I think that's great for people to see us interact with each other. We got a good thing going. Yeah. We frequently have people say nice things like, oh, you two are so cute together. Or you clearly love each other. Yeah. It's because we share a chair. When <laughs> <in the podcast. laughs> Does this mean we're, we don't love each other? Yeah, we're, we're in two separate we're drifting chairs apart. right now. Currently drifting. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, and I think like people will ask frequently, like, what's it like to work with your spouse? Yeah. And people expect you to say something negative. Uh, yeah. But it's actually great. Yeah, it's great. And I would say congratulations to our generation, the millennials, for killing the old ball and chain style of humor, right? There was always that joke of like, your spouse is the worst and they're dragging you down. Yeah, it was a really bad time. You know, it's it's a weird type of humor where you basically just throw your spouse (laughs) under the bus at every chance you get. And there was, you know, like it used to be a lot more of the man was the man and he had his man friends and then the woman was the woman and she had her woman friends and they would always be separate. And you know, it, yeah. it, it was a weird family dynamic back in the the olden days with the <laughs> ball and chain. And yeah. I'm glad that we've kind of like evolved as a society that now it's like, you can enjoy your marriage and mm-hmm. you can like love your wife and it's, it's a good thing. Yeah. You know? So we've been together for 15 years, yeah. married for 13 and a half. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, this is not to make anyone else's relationship more like ours. It's just sort of sharing some accumulated wisdom of how we got to a pretty good point yeah. where we spend basically all of our time together yeah. and <laughs> work honest- together, live together, raise our kids together. Yeah. And we make that all happen pretty functionally. I yeah. would say. And what's funny is that a lot of this stuff, it's not that we invented this stuff. This no. is stuff that we've learned from other people along the way, mm-hmm. but it's stuff that we live, you know, it's stuff that we actually put into place because Mm -hmm. there's all kinds of great self-help books out there and stuff. And it doesn't matter if you read it and don't, you know, incorporate it into your life. So these are, these are the things that we actually try to really like do, Mm -hmm. um, in our life. One of the first major pieces of advice when we got married, this was like for our wedding. Yeah. For our wedding, family, friends, an older couple that have been together for a very long time gave us this piece of advice. Marriage is never 50, 50. It's always 60, 40. It just changes who's the 60 and who's the 40. Mm -hmm. And I love that so much. I write it on every wedding card of every wedding I go to because I think it's such an important um, place to keep your mindset grounded. Yeah. Things are never, fair is not the same as equal. No. Right? You're going to have ups and downs. You're going to trade back and forth 
who's the 60 and who's the 40. Yeah. And the important things are that, you know, if you feel like you've been the, the 60 for a long time and you need to be the 40 for a while, that you guys communicate that and, and mm-hmm. you're just like aware that both people get to have needs and get to lean on the other person when they need support. And mm-hmm. um, it's, yeah, it's just never going to be fair as fair as fair. Yeah. Um, and sometimes those things are thrust upon you, right? You might yeah. have um, illnesses or deaths in the family or, you know, tragedies that are out of your control. Other times it might just be like, you know, currently I'm taking a couple years to get a master's degree. And so I'm being the demanding 60 <laughs> right now and you're <laughs> having to um, step up and take some things, but it's like a temporary thing where it's kind of my turn for a bit. And then, you know, mm-hmm. we kind of will go back and forth and it's, there's always this you dynamic. Had, you had a second baby as per my request, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which was, was a big ask. Yeah, I uh, met your needs yeah. and the number of people that you wanted to parent. Couldn't do that one on my own. <laughs> <laughs> that had to be a group decision. Yeah. Um, another one that I always thought was really interesting that I read somewhere was um, people that get divorced, the number one issue that they'll cite is communication. Mm-hmm. But people that stay together for a long time will cite the number one factor as respect. Yeah. And so I always thought, hmm, that's so interesting that we tend to look at the marriages that fall apart and and learn from that. But it's like, but shouldn't we learn from the ones that are going well? What are, yeah. what are the ones that are going well doing? So um, I think about that all the time. And it, and it really, if you work from a position of just respecting your spouse, yeah, it's going to change everything about how you communicate with them. You know, because I respect you, I tell you my thoughts and feelings or where I'm going or what, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like... And those things are very intertwined, communication and respect. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I was dating before I ever met you, I remember having one long-term girlfriend and we would just yell at each other. I remember like it'd be the middle of the night we'd be fighting about something stupid and I kept having to be like, shh, my neighbors are going to wait. I'm like, shh, stop yelling. <laughs> but it was just like full of emotion and full of like whatever. And I think it's super common for people to yell at themselves. And an interesting point that I remember reading a long time ago was anybody that has siblings, they generally yell at each other that's a pretty (laughs) common thing and often when you move out of your home you don't have that like means of you know getting your emotion out you don't have a brother or a sister to yell at anymore (laughs) and so you often end up yelling at your girlfriend or your spouse or whatever and it it kind of like alleviates that need to like release those emotions Mm -hmm. and I remember you were the first person where I was, it was super early on in our relationship and I was mad at you for something I started yelling at you and you're like whoa 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 why are you yelling? I was like, and I was like, what are you doing? I'm mad. You're like, but you don't need to yell. You can just tell me why you're mad. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> like, what do you oh, mean? Oh, you are not yelling at me. <laughs> this is not happening. And I remember just being taken aback. And, and it's that, that like respectful communication, you know, like mm-hmm. you can talk to each other without the emotion taking over. Mm-hmm. Right. And we had to work on it. Like I had to learn to communicate without getting mad and angry. And you had to learn to communicate without like crying and, you know, it's just like when the emotion is taking over, mm-hmm. right. And being able to communicate in a way where it's just clear and it's appropriate and yeah. like you can actually say the things you're trying to say and, and hear the things that you need to hear. Mm-hmm. I, so I'm an only child, right. So I didn't yeah. grow up fighting with siblings. My family dynamic was always very chill, not a family that yells. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting when you come together as adults and you bring your your background, your upbringing into the, the relationship where yeah. you came from a household where lots of yelling, lots of yelling <laughs> at your siblings and with your mom and all that kind of stuff. And then that, and I remember not even being upset about it. I fully remember we were standing in our kitchen in our yeah. condo in Calgary and you were yelling at me and I was like, <laughs> no, this is not happening. You're not yelling at me. <laughs> and you were like, 
I'm, no? People can okay. do that? No yelling. All right. No yelling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, just shut that down yeah. immediately. Um, so, yes, a, a foundation of respect, I think, is super important. And then Eve, especially, but I was going to say even when you're fighting, but especially when you're fighting, yeah. you don't fight dirty. Yeah. Swearing at each other, name calling, insulting, yeah. you know. Because Bringing up stuff from the past, like just yeah. like the unnecessary stuff. Fight clean. Yeah. Fight clean. Talk about what the actual problem is and. Yeah. Um, another thing I read was marriages work well when both people feel like they married up Mm -hmm. and I definitely feel like that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And so then I think it works. You work from a position of like, and I can't think of a positive word for this because I'm going to say like, it's your duty or your obligation to rise to the level of your spouse, Mm -hmm. you know, to be good enough for them. Yeah. So you always feel like you're working. Um, I always feel like super grateful to be with you and lucky and that, And because I like you so much, I want you to have a good life. I want you to have the best wife. I want you to be happy, you know? So then it's like on the bigger picture, my job to, to do those things for you. But then like the little day-to-day things too, you know, to like meet you where you're at, what's important to you Mm -hmm. to like do my part for you to like have a good day. Yeah. Yeah. It's those little things. And I think a lot of times people will get complacent because they're just comfortable and there's nothing wrong with being comfortable with somebody, right? You'll, you'll get to those places where you can just like lounge in your pajamas together. (laughs) And it's totally like, it's not like you have to dress yourself up all the time. But when you do have those, uh, like when we um, go out somewhere or whatever, and I get up, I get dressed up nice. I don't go into it with the thought, like I'm dressing up to impress other people. It's like, I'm dressing nicely and getting myself presentable so that I look look good with you and I mm-hmm. we get to go out together and like have a fun time and it's 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 not about what everybody else is thinking it's about impressing the most important person which is you mm-hmm. so what are those little things I can do to you know make your life better when you're super into uh, a book or a topic I'll try to like learn about it as well so that we can talk about it or and we've often shared a lot of you know the same interests so it's been easy for us <laughs> all of them basically <laughs> but you know even when um, you are talking about your like high level nutrition stuff. I try to pay attention and remember <laughs> like a fraction of it so that I can, when you say it again, it can be like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, okay. David puts up with a lot of talking. <laughs> we talk about a lot of nutrition lately. Yeah, but it's interesting. Like I do find it interesting, and you know, I I like that you're passionate about it, and it's it's just good to be that like support structure in that you know I don't know if you realize it but basically you like help me study all the time when I'm like (laughs) verbalizing that's me like sort of regurgitating like do I understand this topic well enough to explain it to someone else so thanks for helping me study all the time and listening to a lot she'll be like it's super interesting in this function of the body because and then she'll just like start spouting (laughs) information and it's just like in one year out the other and I'm just like okay Uh know that word Uh uh-huh yeah, know that word. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but then I hear it enough times that I start to remember. Yeah. You're also getting a master's degree. I am. In nutrition yeah. right you should get the honorary degree. Um, okay. So I think there's something to be said for trust in a yeah. relationship. Obviously people, you know, you go, what's the most important aspect of a relationship? Trust is going to be right up there with something that people say. Mm-hmm. And there's the sort of like, I trust you not to cheat on me. Like, sure. You know, to yeah. maintain your loyalty and monogamy in a relationship. But I think, to me, it's deeper than that. And the quality in you that first made me like want to marry you above anybody else that I had dated was you were the first person in my life that told me when I was being an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) So in addition to where I had boundaries 
and expectations for how I was going to be treated that you weren't going to yell at me. Mm -hmm. You also had good boundaries and, and high expectations for the way you wanted to be treated. And that comes from a root of self-confidence. Yeah. And when you had self-confidence, that made me respect the hell out of you. Yeah. And I loved it. And I, it came from a place of you have a good self-confidence. Um, it made me trust you, which is, um, I hope I can make this point make sense mm -hmm. in that I knew in that moment, and maybe I didn't know consciously, but I've sort of since figured it out is that I could trust you to always tell me the truth and yeah. to just be fairly direct with me, but that it would always come from a place of like love. And if you're telling me that I'm being an asshole for whatever reason, yeah. that you're telling me that to give me the opportunity to improve. Yeah. And because you know that I can do better. For and sure. I remember being like, Oh, this is what I need in my life. Like I'm going to be a better person by being with you Yeah, because you're going to give me the opportunity through straightforward communication to just be better. So then I knew we, I wouldn't have to struggle with like mm, unclear communication or weird games or passive aggressive mm -hmm. shit. I just hate all that. It's like, yeah. you would just tell me. I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that like real self-confidence and we could probably do a whole podcast and we probably mm -hmm. will do a whole podcast on self-confidence, but confidence, it, like part of that is being able to like acknowledge that you need to improve in some ways, yeah. right? Like you're, you're never just done. You're never just fully formed as a perfect human mm -hmm. and you're good to go. Like even if you're confident in who you are now, it should always be a bit of like, okay, well, what else can I do to make things better? And mm -hmm. there's always ways for both of us to be improving. And it goes back to the, you know, we're, we're marrying up and we're, we're trying to make ourselves the best person we can be. And, um, you know, earn each other's love and mm -hmm. just always be better. You know, I would say continuous improvement is like one of the core values that we have together in our For relationship. Sure. And then it manifests in the way we live our lives. Yeah. We're always trying to improve things at the gym. You know, we're always trying to be better as parents. We're always trying to improve ourselves. We're always yeah. trying to improve our relationship. So it's like this, just stacking good things on top of each other. Yeah. And that I would say one of my biggest pet peeves is the, you're perfect. Just the way you mm -hmm. are attitude. I fucking hate that. Yeah. Because you know who's perfect just the way they are? Nobody. nobody yeah. Absolutely nobody. And what a terrible thing to tell yourself or someone else yeah. that to completely remove the expectation that you're supposed to be trying to be better. Yeah. And there is a large gap between, you know, wanting to improve and being insecure. You mm -hmm. know, like you can you can be happy with who you are, but like always striving to do better. Mm -hmm. And you know, anybody that has been in our gym knows like we're always trying to improve the gym. We're always <laughs> renovating stuff. We're always moving to stuff the point around. That's like we're a always, joke now. We're always doing seminars. We're always like challenging ourselves in new ways to learn new things and like, you know, improve the process. And we instill that in our kids, right? Our kids will do something cool and be like, that's awesome. Like imagine how good you'll be able to do that. If you keep working on that four mm -hmm. months from now or like Atlas with gymnastics or, or yeah. whatever. So yeah, you, you, you know, enjoy the process of improving yourself as a person. I believe growth mindset, growth sure. versus fixed mindset. A lot of people would be familiar with that concept from yep. that book. And I, I can't remember the name of it right now. There was a book I read early on when we were first married and it was basically about why people just can't admit when they're wrong and yeah. why that's like such as, I can't remember the name of it. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. Um, why that's such a difficult thing for humans to do is just admit when you're wrong. Yeah. And so I think you and I, are pretty good in both directions about just like kind of laying the swords down. And if, cause, because I trust you so much and because I respect you so much, if you tell me that I am wrong about something, mm -hmm. I hope for the most part that I'm willing to hear it and admit it. Yeah. And sometimes it takes some time. Yeah. Right? yeah. The other day we were driving and <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I'm pretty, you know, not aggressive, but I like, I will pass people on the left pretty like freely. And, um, there was one that was, I'm not going to say a close call, but it was definitely like, I got honked at. It was enough of a, like, you're being a dick that I got honked at by the other driver. <laughs> and Jocelyn was very quick to be like, that was, you cannot do that anymore. Like you're scaring the shit out of me. And at first I was like, that wasn't that bad. And then, you know, a little while later, I was like, okay, that was pretty bad. Like every, everybody agreed that that was a bad. So we're on a two lane highway. Here's my version of that story. We're on a two lane highway. I just get, I don't know why one of my like major anxiety inducing things is the thought of a head on collision on yeah, the highway. I, and just suck. like your life being over in that flash of an instant. So I just, I really hate passing. Mm-hmm. David is driving. He passes the car coming at us. It was way too close. David's going really fast. The car coming at us lays on the horn. The car that we're passing lays on the horn. I'm like, ah! like having a panic attack about to barf in the passenger seat. And uh, I was like, oh my God. I was like, please do not do that. And David's like, it's fine. And I was like, listen, we all voted. We all agree that was not fine. That was not a cool move. That car agrees. That car agrees. I agree. And then he was like, ah, fine. Yeah. So immediately, you know. At the time, I was like, it's fine. We didn't die. It's fine. But then afterwards, I was Not like, okay, that was, that was probably closer than comfortable. And, yeah. You know, With all of your loved ones in the car, me yeah. and the kids and everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. I think it was just our paddle boards in the, in the truck. So oh, it just would have been us and our Yeah, just our orphaning our children then, yeah. whatever. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not perfect. Work on improving. Yeah, we're always trying to continuously improve. And then... Yeah having a base of good self-confidence and who knows where that comes from, but there's ways to build that having standards and boundaries for Mm -hmm. how you are willing to, you know, be treated and holding those boundaries, I think is super important to maintain your self-respect in a relationship. I think if you start to sacrifice your needs and boundaries for the other person, I think you start to lose self-respect and that's like a really, um, mentally distressing position to be in and there needs to be give and take in both directions right it's not that it's like you you need to do everything in your power to make your spouse happy and give up everything you hold valuable it's like no there needs to be that your spouse needs to take care of your needs and you need to take care of your spouse's Mm -hmm. needs and you just you know sometimes you do the stuff that you want and sometimes we do the stuff that i want and we just try to like meet in the middle as much as we can yeah so we got married pretty quick yeah i was i was 23 when we met you were 28 we got married slightly less than two years after we met. We got engaged like very fast. Less than a year, 10 like, months after yeah. we met. When you know, you know. When you know, you know. So I was 25 when we got married. You were 30. And we had Atlas pretty quick in there. Yeah. Like not quite a year and a half later. So we went, I was 26 when I had Atlas. We went like pretty quick into like yeah. bam, bam, married bam. kids, bam, bam, bam. Um, so we did a lot of like working through our relationship stuff after we were married. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess we were like, listen, we're committed to this and we locked it down, put a ring on it, (laughs) (laughs) but then did a lot of the work from inside already being married inside the marriage. Um, so in working through those things, another thing I read somewhere that I wish I could remember where is that when you come to an obstacle or you're fighting with your spouse, it's not you versus your spouse, spouse. It's both of you versus the problem, right? That we're on the same side that together we're working through this problem and yeah. so that the fights are never antagonistic. They're cooperative. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely like, it's been, there's been plenty of ups and downs. We had mm-hmm. to work through a lot of stuff that I think people often do before they get married. Yeah. And I've, you know, we've discussed in the past, like, I wonder if we hadn't have gotten married so quickly would we still have the motivation to work through those things or would one of those things have like broken us up if yeah. we weren't, if we were just dating or whatever? Um, 
it's an interesting like thought process, but we were married. We were super committed. We had a kid and it was like, no matter what, we've always been like, Mm -hmm. we're going to, we're going to work through these problems and we're going to figure it out. So we've, we've tried to learn that instead of it being like my opinion versus your opinion, it's like, okay, here's the problem. Like, what are we going to do to solve that problem? Mm -hmm. And I think it's something we try to model now for our kids. Like one of the things we do is we will fight in front of our kids. Yeah. Um, and I know some people don't, they prefer to keep their marriage issues separate and hidden from the kids and behind closed doors. I remember distinctly not that long ago, maybe a year in the last year or two, we were like, not fighting because we never really fight anymore, but some, we were discussing something <laughs> in the kitchen and Atlas goes, stop fighting. And I turned to him. I remember being like, actually, no, I was like, I want you to see what's going to happen here. I want you to see that dad and I are going to work. Th- I don't even remember what it was. It doesn't yeah. matter now. I want you to see that dad and I are going to work through this issue. And mm-hmm. I want you to see how we're going to do it. We're yeah. going to do it respectfully. You're going to see that we're not yelling, not yelling or insulting yeah. or swearing at each other. You're going to see that we're going to communicate respectfully and that we're going to arrive at a, at a conclusion or a, a solution to this problem mm-hmm. together. And he was like, whatever, 10 yeah. years old. Like, just, can I just go play video games? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I remember being like, He's like, stop fighting. And I remember being like, no, yeah, we're not going to, and A, we're not fighting. Yeah. And that's just it. We're not, we're not yelling at each other. We're just like, we discuss our problems and we try to like stay calm and we stay rational. And, um, you know, if the kids hear that we're having problems, that's fine <clears throat> because mm-hmm. they're going to see us solve it. And they're going to see us how we like apologize afterwards and hug it out and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah. um, it's funny now Atlas is starting to like, you know, have sleepovers at different houses and spend more time with other people's families. And just recently, he was like, some people's families are a lot meaner to each other than ours. Is. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah. yeah, a lot more people like yell and, you know, the fighting is actual fighting. And yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to see it through his eyes. Yeah, I think I view. OK, so we have two boys, right? So their future relationships with the women in their lives, I I view the way we model our relationship as the expectations that they should have for how they're treated in their future romantic sure. relationships. And I've said to Atlas and he always like rolls his eyes at this, <laughs> but I was like, Atlas, I hope someday you find a wife that loves you and adores you as much as I love and adore your dad. And he'll yeah. be like, mom, <laughs> you know, but like, or husband, I'm fine with that too. It doesn't, you know, yeah. whatever, but just that like they should, come to see that that's what a functional relationship is like. That's the level of respect yeah. and care and love that they should expect in the future, in their future relationships. For sure. Um, so yes, in continuing to grow together, yeah, you read something. I did. I, I tried to find it so I could read it and I couldn't find it anywhere. I believe it was on Reddit. And it was one of those questions where it's like people that have been married together for so long like what's the secret or how do you whatever it was like how do you stay married to the same woman yeah for so long for so long and somebody wrote it was a really well-written thing and he basically said i've been married for 40 years and i haven't been married to the same woman he's like when we first started dating we were teenagers and we were into like all these things and we would do these things together and it was all like love and you know lust and passion or whatever and then we went to school together and she became a student and she had to really like buggered up hunker down and like focus on that and then we we actually got married and we were like we were in our you know whatever phase our honeymoon honeymoon phase and then we started having kids and then I loved her as a mother and like whatever and it was like him talking about all the different types of woman that she's been and I thought that was super beautiful because nobody stays the same for the 
for that long. You yeah. know, you're, you're going to grow as a person and you're going to change the things that you're into when you're 18 are going to be different than when you're 30 or 40 or 50 or whatever. And I think like the biggest thing that I got from that is that you need to be ready for change and you need to be willing to love that person, um, you know, both for who they were and who they become, mm -hmm. you know, you need to find a way to grow together and embrace the change, you know? And it's definitely like a different mindset than like, this is boring. I'm married to the same person yeah. my whole life. It's like, no, you're like, that's such a, a key thing is like, no, I'm not married to the same person for 10 or 20 or 50 years. Mm -hmm. Like I've been married to a dozen different people. Yeah. And then that it is new and interesting and exciting and fresh. Yeah. You know, that you don't have to be churning through a revolving door of new relationships that mm -hmm. within your same relationship, there's a revolving door of new and interesting experiences and yeah. growth and stuff we've, happening. We've been married for, 13 years and you've had like 13 different haircuts. So, <laughs> I mean, there's, <laughs> there's always changes that are, they're happening. And, Almost and it's funny because we see that in everything too, right? The, we, we know that like in parenting year to year, our kids are going to be different. Mm -hmm. And in our gym every year is something different. Right. Yeah. And, and if you get too stuck in like, well, this is the way it is, then you're going to lose. Resist you, change. You, yeah. You have to be willing to like go with the flow and understand that like it's it's great to look back you know with happy thoughts of times that were but you mm -hmm. need to find those happy thoughts like within your current situation and, and be ready for more in the future yeah excited to look forward to the future yeah um one thing we're good at i think is spending a lot of time together and we're super <laughs> yeah <laughs> we, we spend a lot of time together we spend a lot of time together both doing this type of stuff working um know all the mm -hmm. like I said before like we've had a, a lot of shared interest a lot a lot of shared interests um but the big thing is like date nights have always been mm -hmm. a big thing for us and we are super fortunate to have your parents help us out mm -hmm. as much as they do we are lucky way more than than most people yeah. um, but even for those people that don't have that much help you need to find a way to make it happen. Yeah, to spend time together, especially once you have kids. Yeah. I think it's really easy to let your roles in your family dynamic fall into just parenting your kids and you forget to put time into like your your romantic relationship. So continuing to always date each other. Yeah. If you don't have, you know, convenient grandparents like we're super lucky to have nearby. Mm-hmm find another family that you're close with and make arrangements to like trade sleepovers once a month. You take their kids, they take your kids. Yeah. Just, you just have to find a way. And like, it takes a village to raise kids. You're not for supposed sure. to just be responsible for your own kids all the time. Aunts and uncles and grandparents and friends. And you know, you're just supposed to like do that for other people and yeah. then have that reciprocity that people can help you out to accept help mm -hmm. from people. You know, when people offer to take your kids or have a sleepover, like take them up on it. Yeah. Make sure you preserve and nurture your romantic relationship. Yeah. I always, I remember back to like the, when I was growing up, it was that book, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, mm -hmm. Mars and Venus stuff. And that early on in a relationship, the guy will be like wooing the girl dating and maybe like flowers and the sort of like romancing her kind of stuff. And then when you get married in in the guy's perspective, he's now sharing his life with her, which is a much bigger deal and a much more important elevated level of a relationship. But then the woman will go like, you never bring me flowers anymore. We never mm -hmm. like go on a date anymore. And she'll feel like neglected. And and there'll be this clash of, of communication or of needs because he's like, well, yeah, I don't 
And that's like going back a step to him. He's like, yeah, I don't treat you like a woman I'm dating. We're married. I'm yeah. sharing my life with you where he's feeling like he's elevated the relationship and she's feeling neglected. So right. I think there's to always keep that in mind that maybe one, and not that it has to be the male and the female in those roles exactly, but that um, to always preserve that um, continue to date and romanticize and woo each other, yeah. continue to win each other over every time. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, best option is if you can have like what we do where we have tons of help and, you know, we get a date night all the time. Um, like you said, pair up with another family and like alternate, like they take them for a sleepover one week or one month or whatever. And then you guys switch places and help mm -hmm. each other out. But even if you can't set up that sort of situation, you know, it's worth once in a while, like you put the kids to bed early and you guys just stay up and hang out. Right. Mm -hmm. Even if you can have, and don't like, try to avoid just like being on your phones next to each other or whatever, <laughs> like actually talk to each other, like drink some wine together, like do whatever you need to do to just like bond and like talk and like just you mm -hmm. know, whatever. And part of that is like being intimate with each other, right? Like yeah. it's, it's not a, we're not going to get fully into the sex topic <laughs> because I'm sure it'd be uncomfortable for a lot of people, people to hear like, about our sex ah. lives. <laughs> but I think it's an important part of any relationship and all of yeah. these sort of like, rules or theories or whatever Respect apply to your sex life as well you know yeah communicate take care of each other's needs like be open and honest with each other and yeah. show each other res the respect and like you know understanding that you both need to make it worthwhile on both people's side mm -hmm. yeah i think the sexual aspect of your relationship is no different than any of the other parts no communicate speak openly you know be honest with your spouse and then People are going to get to different dynamics that work in their relationship, right? It's like mm -hmm. everybody needs to come to the homeostasis that works for them. Yeah. So like I said, it's not about anyone making anyone's relationship like ours. Yeah. But I think that that's, that's an important aspect of any relationship. There was a comedian who had a bit, um, something about his like, I don't know if it was about his wife or not. His girlfriend. Yeah. His girlfriend, where she didn't want to have sex really anymore. And he was like, okay, let's say... I can only get eggs from one store. And every time I go to that store, that store is closed. But I'm not allowed to go to any other store to get those eggs. <laughs> I need eggs. What am I supposed to do about that situation? That was, that was a funny one. It was I can't remember that guy's name either. I My know. memory is failing me right now. Yeah. Um, okay, so another, we were talking about continuous improvement, always working on yourself. One thing, and like spending time together and talking to each other. Yeah continuously being curious and learning and investigate things with your brain. Yeah. You and I are both pretty good at like reading, listening to podcasts. So then we have things to talk about. Yeah. You're an interesting person and mm -hmm. I like to talk to you about things and you'll be like, oh, I read this article today or, Oh, I just, you know, watch this YouTube video or like mm -hmm. we're able to have interesting discussions because we're both always like exploring and learning things. Yeah. And so then it's not like we sit down and we're like, so you do keeping up with the Kardashians, okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, yeah. So, um, continuing to be an interesting person, yeah, you know, have things to talk about, yep. And then, obviously, the health and fitness stuff is yeah. important. I think that taking care of yourself, you know, like the old line, like make your own bed first, mm -hmm. is super important. Like, yep. if you eat well, right down to the most basic physiological level. If you have stable blood sugar, you're less likely to fight with your spouse. Yeah. I've talked about this before. There's a study because I just think it's hilarious 
where they tracked blood glucose in couples and then they tracked when they were fighting <laughs> and they would fight when their blood sugar was wild and yep. going out of control because then your emotional regulation gets all dysregulated. So if you eat well, yeah. you're an easier person to get along with. You're less likely to fight. If you manage your stress by exercising and having that functional outlet for your stress, you're less likely to come home and like scream at your spouse. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like if you look better and feel better in your body, you're more likely to like appreciate each other and be like more intimate and yeah, your, sex, hor- your sex hormones will be better regulated. Like, mm-hmm. and then probably the biggest thing is like, if you're in this for the long term, it's like you are fighting off debilitating like diseases, I guess we'll call them like mm-hmm. in your later years. And yeah. it's like, who's going to be taking care of you? It's your spouse. That's most likely to be taking care of you. So if you're, you know, you have Alzheimer's and diabetes and all these things from not taking care of yourself your whole life, like it's on your spouse to take care of you most likely. Mm-hmm. So it's like your long, t- it, it, it works in the now because everything will be better in the now, but mm-hmm. then it's also like a long-term investment. Yeah. So you're like emotional regulation, you know, your moods and your stress level. If you eat, properly nutritious foods, you know, you need saturated fat and cholesterol. That's the basis of your sex hormone. So mm-hmm. that then your mood and your sex drive is normal, yeah. <laughs> not suppressed. I think there's nothing wrong with saying staying physically attracted to your spouse is important. There's precisely two people in the world that I care about their opinion on what I look like and it's you and it's me, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So feeling good in your own body makes you more confident and more willing to participate in you know, your sexual interactions. And then there's absolutely nothing wrong with being like hella attracted to your spouse all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another thing that we love is the concept of the love languages. Yeah. And this is something that we definitely had to, to learn. Yeah. And it's, I think it's so insightful for not just your romantic relationships, but your interactions with all kinds of people. Yeah. So it was Dr. Gary Chapman came up with this thing the book is called the five love languages if you just google that there's a quiz you can take online mm-hmm. asks you about all these different kinds of things that are important to you and how you like to spend your time and how you like to show love for other people yeah and so then there's five yeah. five love languages so there's words of affirmation mm-hmm. which was very much a you thing <laughs> there's acts of service which is very much a me thing yeah and then there's gifts um quality time and then physical touch mm-hmm. is the fifth one so it's not that you have just one thing you can have like a little bit of this and a lot of that or whatever mm-hmm. but I think there's just there's something about learning about what those love languages are so that a you can see when your your spouse is showing you love mm-hmm. right in a way that you might not perceive as as love mm-hmm. but then also being able to like give that person what they're hoping to get because whatever like you like to do is probably what you like to get. So for me, I'm an acts of service person. You know, I like take care, taking care of the house and like doing nice things for you. I'll bring you coffee. I'll do whatever. And it's like, those are the things that I, I value and I show it and I use as a way of showing my love. And I appreciate mm-hmm. when you do them for me. Whereas you are more of a words of affirmation person. So I love telling everybody how much <laughs> I love them all the time, which I do to you like nonstop yeah. all day. I tell you things. But then if I'm always like just telling you, oh my God, I love you. I adore you. Like all these nice things. I appreciate blah, blah, yeah. blah. But you're like, girl, I just want you to hang up your coat when yeah. you come in. <laughs> you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. Or if I'm like, you never tell me I'm pretty, but you're like, but I brought you your coffee to the gym. Like, yeah. You know, so that you don't, like you said, you don't miss where people are really putting effort into the relationship to show their love, yeah. but they're just doing it in a different language than what's important to you. So yeah. 
as much as I like to tell you how much I love you all the time, I have to remember mm-hmm. that the way that I show that that's meaningful to you is by doing the things that are important to you. Yeah. Acts of service that you appreciate that, you know, on your terms that help you have a better day. Yeah. And then you have to go outside your comfort zone to say nice things. To yeah. More often. And for me, it's like, that's probably one of my lowest one is the, the words thing. I'm just not a very verbal person when it comes to that kind of stuff. I, I didn't grow up in that sort of household. It was just like, that's how I've always been. So for me, it was like, I have to like consciously make an effort to be like, okay, I need to say nice things. I need to say <laughs> nice things. I need to say nice things. And, and you know, it, it gets, it's just like anything. The more you do it, the more natural and easy it starts to come. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because like, I'll think those things. You'll like, we'll, we'll be going for dinner and you'll look great. And in my head, I'll be like, oh damn, Jocelyn looks great. But I just don't say it because I don't even think about it. <laughs> so now it's like, in my brain, I'll be like, God damn, Jocelyn looks good. And they'll be like, bing. Oh, yeah, I'm supposed to say that. Let that out. <laughs> and like, say the word. She can't read your mind. And then um, we certainly recognize that stuff in other people. Yeah. Now. So like Dash is a gifts oh, guy. Yeah. Oh, my God. That yeah. guy loves making presents and cards and crafts. And yeah. we'll be going somewhere. Or someone will be like leaving our house. And he'll be like, I... I have, I have to get them a gift and he'll just like go grab like random items out of the yeah. basement. Cause he just like so badly needs to give someone something important. Yeah. And then in your professional relationships, right. You might have an employee or a boss or in either direction where maybe they never say that you're doing a great job, but they like give, mm-hmm. you know, gifts or recognition or they arrange, they you physically know, touch. <laughs> yeah. That, not at work. <laughs> not that one, but like a high five. That's all you get. Um, Maybe they, quality time, right? So quality yeah. time can be a they big take one. take you out for lunch or they whatever. Yeah, or they, you know, arrange fun things like that. Um, so I think if you understand other people's love languages, it helps you understand when they're putting effort into whatever the relationship is and it mm-hmm. helps you um, show your love and appreciation for that dynamic on their terms. Yeah, it's co- just like with everything, it's compromise, right? Like you appreciate somebody when they're showing you your love language and then you put the effort in to show them their love language. Yeah. I think it's great. Definitely worth taking the quiz yeah. for everybody. Yeah, there's a whole book you don't... Really yeah, I don't to, think you have to read the book. No. Just take the quiz and then you'll get the gist of it. That's one of those books where it's like, it could just be a, a An article, <laughs> essay or something. Yeah, a, a very quick essay. But the, the test itself is interesting. Yeah. And I think there's ones you can do with a kid too. Yeah. So your parent-child relationships can help there too. Yeah. Okay, so anything else you want to add about... Not that I can Being think married. of. I'm sure there's lots more stuff we could get into, but yeah. I, I think that's a good list. That's a good start. Do you know what I would appreciate? So like on YouTube, in the comments below, if you have something in your relationship that's like your treasured thing or your value or your like gem or mm-hmm. something important that someone told you that's stuck in your head, like share it below. I, yeah. th- this doesn't have to be just about you and me and our accumulated wisdom. I would love to hear. There's lots of really great, stable, long-term yeah. relationships within the Brio community. And I would love to hear more of how people got to that good place. Yeah. Because we're always seeking ways to improve. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, this is the end of the list. It's like, we're always looking for yeah. new new ideas and new thoughts on all of this. And every single thing that we wrote down and accumulated came from other people. Yeah. Right? So we learned from other people along the way. Yep. And uh, yeah, many more years to come. That's right. 15 years in 75 more to go. Maybe, maybe when we're 70 years old and we're on episode like number 5,000, that's when we'll, we'll cover sex. On <laughs> we'll really dive in deep. <laughs> yeah. Be like, damn it, grandma. <laughs> you got to stop podcasting drunk. <laughs> okay. Well, it's been a slice. Love yep. being married to you. Love you. Okay. See you in the next one.